ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Monday, May 3rd. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. You can be a part of the program by calling us on the White Claw phone lines. That's right. White Claw, it's hard seltzer, and it's made pure. You can join us by calling 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. we got a lot to get into today. I know I say that a lot, but we do have a lot to get into today, and I'm aware that we probably might not get to it all, but we're going to try. So first of all, how was your weekend? If you were watching the draft, you you didn't probably get everything you wanted out of the draft. And we'll talk about the Bengals specifically a little bit later on. I necessarily, and not necessarily was a fan of of the pick of Jamar Chase, but I'm coming around to it. I'm warming up to it because after all, you got to have somebody you can throw to. And Jamar Chase could be a a once-in-a-generation player. Sure, take that chance. I'm just curious, did the Bengals do enough to protect Joe Burrow? But Joe's cool with having his former wide receiver to throw to. So keep your quarterback happy. Because, again, Joe Burrow, a once-in-a-generation type player for the Cincinnati Bengals. So... We'll talk about the draft a little bit. At least we'll touch on it. Uh, I do want to start, though, with the fact that Marshall is in the and the naming schemes here of the NCAA tournament. We've got to work on those. But Marshall's through to the third round. Marshall's through to the third round. The soccer team got a 2-1 overtime victory against 23rd-ranked Fordham. The Rams and the Herd yesterday. So I'm trying to follow along with this thing. I'm, I'm doing multiple things here. I'm following along, and I'm trying to get yard work done and other things. It was difficult. The announcers were not that good on the stream, the broadcast. Let's just say this. You prefer sometimes the hometown announcer, right? You prefer the hometown announcer. Hometown announcer knows your players. Hometown announcer knows how to pronounce them. Hometown announcer knows things, can share things about your team. Because let's be honest, I try to keep it pretty neutral. I like to stay in between. I like to stay, for the most part, fair, balanced, just how I am, how how I came up, how I was taught. I'm not necessarily going to come out and just tell you everything's great or everything's terrible. But when it comes to announcers, unless you're really good, good national level announcer, unless you're at that level, um, I prefer the hometown announcer. So, if I have the option between announcers that maybe don't know my team or Jake Griffith 
on the video stream for, for Marshall or Steve Cotton on the radio broadcast, I'm going to take my guys. And I missed Jake yesterday. So don't tell Jake I said that. I don't want him getting the big head. I love that kid. But don't tell him I said that I missed him yesterday. I missed what he was, um, what he was doing. And that was not calling that game. I want him to call that game. Uh, so we'll talk about what happened with Coach a little bit later on. I hopped on the Zoom call yesterday. So here I am, and I'm in the yard, and I'm trying to follow along. Like, okay, this thing's over. Yeah, the herd wins. Got to stop what I'm doing, jump into the Zoom call, and uh, we'll hear a little bit of that later on. Had a chance to catch up with Coach, so I uh, wanted to share that with you. And the Marshall draft. What happened in the draft? Well, the good news is, Dallas Cowboys, with the 138th overall pick, selected Josh Ball. Great pick. Cowboys have got themselves a quality offensive lineman. Would I have loved to have seen Josh Ball with the Bengals? Of course I would have. Dallas gets him fourth round of the 2021 NFL Draft, so it's good to hear someone from Marshall's name called on draft day. Maybe not the first round, but fourth round's pretty good. And that was good. Move in the right direction. Because I know for a lot of herd fans, you're not seeing herd players drafted on draft day, and that's kind of that's kind of irritated some fans. And I get that. You use that as a measure of success, a metric of success. Is that fair to say? A metric of success. Because you hear lots of Marshall players getting their names called, and you feel like, okay, well, Marshall's doing something right because our players are getting drafted on draft day, getting a chance to play at the next level. But not all's lost because a lot of teams are built after the draft as well. So, for example, Brendan Knox. Brendan Knox is going to be with the Dallas Cowboys. He is an undrafted free agent with the Cowboys. That could be a good place for him. He gets an opportunity. So the Cowboys saw something there. And you know what? You got Josh Ball there as well. Josh Ball on the offensive line. You got Brendan Knox, a running back. And so at least you got somebody there you can know, talk to, work with. Good pickup by the Cowboys. And then, if you're my friend from Channel 13, if you are Storm Tracker 13 meteorologist Spencer Atkins, you got to be happy that Tavante Beckett gets picked up by the Detroit Lions. Again, Tavante, an undrafted free agent going with the Detroit Lions. So if you're Spencer Atkins, you bleed Detroit. You cut him, and it's Detroit blue that comes out of his veins. So he's got to be excited. And then if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you got to be happy with the pickup of Jalen McClain Sapp. So the young man picked up as an undrafted free agent with Kansas City. You're going into a really good situation, Kansas City, a premier NFL team right now. Sometimes if you're a really good player and you don't go high in the draft, you drop a little bit or you don't fit the needs of some of these teams that are drafting higher, you fall in a good place. Sometimes that's the better career for you. Because after all, does it really matter at the end of the day other than the paycheck, the first paycheck, where you're drafted? If you fall with a 
team and you're the perfect fit for that team and you work out and you have a great career with that team, it's all good. It's all good because there have been so many high first-round draft choices that have been bust. There have been so many Heisman Trophy winners that have been bust. So it doesn't matter. That stuff, you love it, you want it. Look, I get to vote on the Heisman. I know it's a special trophy. It means a lot, but it doesn't necessarily translate to the next level. Or if you win the Heisman, it doesn't mean you're going to be drafted number one. Or if you're drafted number one, it doesn't mean you're the number one pick. You just got drafted number one because the team drafting you thought you were and you might have didn't pan out. So it's all good with these players right now. And, of course, not to leave him out because he's with my team. Darius Hodge picks up a uh, undrafted free agent deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. So if he stays with the team, I'm going to be excited. I got a, I got a thundering herd player on the Bengals roster. I'm happy. I'm, I'm always happy when a Marshall player can land with a team that I like. Cincinnati Bengals, hopefully an up-and-coming team, hopefully a team that's really working on rebuilding that franchise, rehabilitating their image. I'm happy. Darius Hodge, if he sticks, I'm going to be happy for years to come because he'll be my guy. He'll be my Bengal. Anytime you're a Marshall player on the Bengals, and this is just because, again, the NFL is like the one place I can go in football where – I turn off any sportscaster, any sports broadcasting hat that I wear, anything. And I'm, I'm just a fan. I mean, we carry the games on the radio. I'm just a fan. So from a fan's point of view, I'm excited most but that Darius Hodge is going to be with the Bengals. And, of course, I, I'm happy that Josh Ball picked up in the draft 138th overall by the Dallas Cowboys. That means a lot of players – didn't get their name called on draft day. Josh got his name called. He should be thrilled, especially in the fourth round. That's a that's a pretty solid round to be picked up in. So that's what the draft looks like for the Thundering Herd. We'll look at the Bengals a little bit later on, kind of break it down. But again, I'm kind of warming up to Jamar Chase. I'm warming up to it. I was a little unsure how the rest of this draft would go. Seems like, for the most part, high marks across the board. Maybe not the highest marks, but solid high marks for the Bengals on their draft. You get a generational type wide receiver. You got the best kicker in the draft. And let me tell you right now, after watching Spring Ball with a thundering herd, I respect having a great kicker more than ever. Watching the spring game, you're thinking to yourself, Heard needs a little, little extra something there at kicker. Needs somebody that can kick that ball, punt that ball a little bit better. You respect the guys that go out there and kick that football a little bit more. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk soccer with you when we continue. Had a chance to be a part of the post-game Zoom call with Coach Grassy yesterday. I want to share that with you. I want to get your phone calls in if we can at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. And if you can't call, of course, you can find me on social media, at Paul Swan on Twitter. Looking forward to you joining me there. You can give me a follow if you would. Ask me questions. You can find me on Twitter. Again, it's at Paul Swan. 
we got more coming up. We're going to hear from Chris Grassy when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 in AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Monday, May 3rd edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Paul Swan, your host. Thanks for tuning in. You can be a part of the program, of course, by calling us on the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Seltzer, it is made pure. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Paul Swan. Looking forward to talking to you uh, pretty much on Twitter. Uh, it's going to give you the heads up right now. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, it will be mostly sports. It will be mostly sports. I swear to you, mostly sports. Now and then I will respond to my coworkers. Uh, in a humorous way, now and then. Also, I will sometimes talk hockey, but not very often. I'm just giving you the kind of the true picture of what my Twitter would look like. It'll be mostly Bengal stuff, Marshall stuff, occasional comments to my coworkers, and maybe, maybe sometimes some hockey. Everything else, I keep the Facebook. Just giving you the full picture here. I just wanted to be fair to you because I'm telling you you should follow me on Twitter. And you should. If you're not, shame on you. I also post podcasts and things like that. All right. So now that we have uh, we have cleared that, we have clarified the reason why you should, or I've given you fair warning as to why you should not follow me on Twitter, let us talk about Marshall Soccer, the Thundering Herd, getting the victory in overtime over the Fordham Rams 2-1 yesterday. Your redshirt sophomore sensation, Milo Yosef, scoring both goals for the Herd. He also picks up the golden goal. That's one thing I do like about soccer. Sometimes the terminology, I do like the terminology. You know, clean sheet, the golden ball, man of the match. See, Coach Grassy's really, he's he's worked his magic on me, Mr. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, hate soccer guy. Now I'm warmed up to it. And you know why? Because... Team like the Thundering Herd, playing in the NCAA tournament, winning, get a chance now to advance and take on the number one team in the country. But first up, let's talk to Coach Grassi. I had a chance to join him yesterday during his postgame, and I just wanted to get his thoughts on winning this match in the first, well, they call it the second round, whatever it is. Thundering Herd gets the victory. Coach Grassi talked about it yesterday. Well, it was it was tough. Um, obviously, the pitch was very sticky. Uh, you could see probably the ball moving a little slower. Um, so that caused us to kind of slow things down a little bit, trying to play in and out to the middle. Um, they did a great job. Uh, Carlo had them very well organized. You know, they went biting and then they had nice traps. Um, so we kind of played into it a little bit in the first half. But like we said to the guys, look, we've got to play the whole game. So we're playing some of these passes to try and wear them down a little bit. And I think as you saw the second half, um, Second half go on, we, we kind of had a lot more of the opportunities to, to play and get in. Uh, we had a lot more of the ball. It was just, you know, coming and trying to break them down. At the back, they did a, a really good job and made it really tough for us. We suffered a lot um, today, you know, and then they counterattacked. And, and look, Ollie made one of the best saves I've ever seen. I mean, probably similar to a little bit better then because of the big occasion than, than Paolo's save against Kentucky uh, off the deflection of Pedro. I mean, that's a phenomenal save. You know, you need your big players to come up big for you. And he, and he made an unbelievable save there. But you know, credit to the guys. They, they kept battling on it. Michael Yosef finally, you know, hitting his stride. We, we kind of felt it. Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit. He just feel looking good, getting in the box. 
So we just need to get him in, get him in the box, and he's going to score goals. And I thought he did uh, did a great job today, as as did all the boys. Um, Vinny Fernandez didn't start, and then is probably man of the match. Comes on and just wasn't around. You know, he could he could dribble past a guy in a, in a phone booth. I mean, it's just unbelievable skills. And um, you know, we just started to find our stride. And, and you know, fair play to the guys. It was great. And then Jamil to, to Milo. What a combination, eh? Dribble it past a guy in a phone booth. That is the line of the night yesterday. That is a quote right there. He could dribble it past a guy in a phone booth. So, Coach, pretty excited, of course. Now we can talk about it. No longer do we have to avoid the topic. We can talk about it. Marshall versus Clemson, the number one team you want to win a championship, you better take out some big, big teams. You want to become a prominent program, you got to take out some big, big teams. Let's start at the peak of the mountain. Let's talk Clemson. Now we can talk about playing the number one team with Coach Grassy. You know, it's not, we've, we've watched them all season. Obviously, uh, they're, a, they're a top team, number one seed for a reason. We feel pretty confident playing against anybody. Look, we want to take this program to, to national prominence. We want to win a national championship. You have to beat the best teams. We're excited about the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a fantastic football and matchup, and hopefully today was good prep. Speaking of today, Fordham, give them credit. They were a good team. This wasn't an easy pushover team. Most of these teams in this tournament are really good, and Fordham knowing no exception. And I asked Coach yesterday when I was talking with him, was it good to be tested like this, play a team like Fordham early to get that sort of test in that first round or at least by the NCAA calling it the second round? But for your first match anyway, was it good to be tested in the tournament early? Yeah, it was really good to, to be tested. And to be honest, I thought, you know, we, we kind of deserved a goal against us. We were giving them ball away and it was like, I was thinking, you know, if a goal goes in here, it won't be the worst thing because the game will go back to the way it kind of did in the second half. So I was thinking, you know, we kind of need to be punished for some of these mistakes. Otherwise, the game might change um, adversely. I mean, look, obviously, it's always nice to, to keep a clean sheet and uh, that's never a bad thing. But I was just thinking that was a great way to call a half time. You know, we, we set our piece, we calmed it down in the locker room. We just talked it through. Um, the guys knew what to do a little bit, but, you know, conceding that goal really focused the mind. And then I thought the second half, we were great. The goal was just coming. Um, they had one chance, and Ollie made an unbelievable save, which was, which was fantastic. And look, they're very organized, very dangerous on set pieces. So we had to do a great job defending that. But it, we needed that goal. We needed that wake-up call. And then hopefully from this game, that wake-up call of this game of like, look, this is the real deal, you know, gets us. We start the next game at that level as opposed to just building into it. Good point there. It's a real deal. So Thundering Herd taking on the number one team now in the country in Clemson. Now, he talked about how this game progressed. And when we were talking with him yesterday, he mentioned that it was sort of two different halves. And I'll let him explain that a little bit more in detail. Oh, I think it was great that, you know, when it was tied up at halftime, I think it was great because they kind of sat in, went a little bit more defensive. Uh, we changed some some things around to try and get on the ball a little bit more, which worked really well. And then it was just a matter of time and, and, and they defended so well. Um, but having the lead, you know, we... we Kind of just keep the ball a little bit. I don't, first off, the pitch was very sticky. It's got new balls. It's it's it wasn't wet. It's the Bermuda grass. It was just holding the ball, um, and so we weren't able to pop it as quickly as we could. But in the second half, 
because they were like giving us a little bit more space trying to defend a little bit deeper it allowed us to kind of develop a rhythm so it was it was really nice to be able to do that and i think then the guys obviously the the, the, the two halves were completely different the solutions uh, to breaking them down were completely different so um to kind of to kind of get to be up and then have them really come at us i think it was probably better for the game for us for, for them to tie it up and to go in even a half time Chris Grassi, head coach of the Marshall men's soccer team, the Thundering Herd with the victory over 23rd-ranked Fordham, 2-1 in overtime. Coming up next, it's going to be Marshall taking on the number one seed in the tournament. I think Marshall, very, very excited to play Clemson, but I think Marshall got misseeded. Not using that as an excuse. Don't even begin to go there. Not saying... That's an excuse. I think that Marshall's a better team than their seed, but at the same time, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, and guess what? Clemson's the best. They're one of the premier programs in this tournament right now. Marshall's got an opportunity to go out and really make a statement. If you're trying to build your program, here it is. Clemson beat this team. People are going to take notice in the soccer community. We're going to take our next break, come back. We'll talk a little bit about what happened with the Bengals draft. We'll give it sort of our final look-see. We'll grade it a little bit as best we can. We'll get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. For those of you who are inclined to do so, you can find me on social media at Paul Swan. More coming up here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Monday, May 3rd edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Cincinnati Bengals draft over the weekend. How many of you actually watched all three days of the draft? Now, if you're a super fan of the NFL, you are a big fan of your team, you're probably going to watch all three days. Sometimes you watch maybe day one. Sometimes you watch day one and day two. But if you're really into the meat and potatoes of your team, you're watching every single day of the draft. And it was a little different this year. You remember last year, it was the pandemic draft. You didn't know how this was going to happen. And you go down to Roger Goodell's basement. I guess that was his basement. It's pretty nice. His basement's better than most people's houses. At least their main rooms. You know, His basement was pretty... Pretty sharp, and of course, it got the NFL treatment as well with that NFL money. This year, a little bit more traditional to a degree, so we're a little further along now in our recovery. Pandemic's still going on, but we're a little further along now, and we've gone a year with this. So I don't know if it felt off because it was off last year and we just adjusted or if it felt a little bit back to normal, but we had the draft and I was hoping that the Bengals would go with the protection side of the draft. I was sitting there thinking to myself, okay, you gotta take, you gotta take Sewell. You, you gotta take someone to protect Joe Burrow. You have to do it. 
Protect Joe Burrow. He's the guy. No, the Bengals take Jamar Chase in the first round. I'm warming up to this. I'm finally warming up to this because, again, you're Joe Burrow. You lose, supposedly, one of the best receivers in the NFL. And who are you going to throw the ball to? Well, here's a guy you threw the ball to in college and you won a national championship with him and Jamar Chase. And he's a generational-type wide receiver. At least that's the reviews. He was probably the best receiver on the board. Hadn't played in a year, still probably the best wide receiver on the board. And so the Bengals take him. And then in the second round, pick number 46, Jackson Carmen from Clemson. So you get an offensive tackle. And then you get a couple of edge players. You get Cameron Sample from Tulane in the fourth round, your third round pick. Uh, you pick up Joseph Osaya. And you grab a couple of edge players. Get a defensive tackle in the fourth round from LSU. Collect it, you're collecting LSU players all of a sudden here with Tyler Shelvin. And then you get an offensive tackle in the fourth pick, or I'm sorry, the fourth round pick. Uh, you pick up East Carolina's Deontay Smith. Then in round number five, you go and you, you get yourself, well, you pick yourself up a kicker. All right, get get a kicker. Get a kicker. Get a kicker. All right. Get yourself a center in the sixth round with Trey Hill from Georgia. You pick up Captain America from Michigan, round six, running back Chris Evans. And then a defensive end in the seventh round with Wyatt Hubert from Kansas State. All right, so you address pretty much your needs right there, and you get yourself probably the best wide receiver in the draft. So what's the breakdown? The experts. What are the experts saying? Do you care what the experts are saying? Some people do. If you do, right now the ringer is your website because the ringer said, look, this is an A- draft. You address the offensive line needs. You you give Burrow a little bit more time to work. You grab a big-time wide receiver. They gave it an A-. minus. NFL.com said B+. Plus. You, got an outside, you got an outstanding receiver. Okay, that was big. And you get someone in sample that helps with the pass rush. That's good. You get a run stuffer with Shelvin. They said B+. Plus. All right, B+, plus is good. Sporting News said B+. Plus. Again, talking about choosing Chase as a go-to guy for Burrow over protection. And then talked about grab some options at offensive tackle. And revamp the edge pass rush and you got someone in Shelvin that is a really powerful run stuffer trying to clean up the kicking game there you go and you pick up someone as a running back that can supplement Joe Mixon Sporting News said B plus that was a thing 
By the way, if you follow Twitter, your favorite Bengal players, uh, Mixon was even like, welcome. We didn't have any of that Aaron Rodgers drama going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. It's like, hey, cool. I got somebody that can run behind me. Give me some, give me some, some reps. Give me some rest. He's gonna push me. I'm gonna push this guy. You know, I'm gonna be the primary back for for the years to come. But I'm gonna get someone here can go third down. Other, yeah, it's cool, right? No drama. I'm surprised. What did Pro Football Network say? Uh, you know what? B plus. B plus. Okay, that's solid. B plus draft. Again, everyone's talking about Jamar Chase and said that Chase is a good player. Would have liked to see a little bit more protection up early. All right. Would have been an A, but you went for offense over protection in the first round. ESPN, B. Solid B. Right here. And... They go with Jamar Chase. They talk about that. Go with the elite receiver instead of a lineman. Could have traded down, they said, to pick up uh, some more premium picks. So you get the 2019 Bolitnikoff Award winner. Guess what? They said this is going to be a must-see TV. So there you go. ESPN just said that the Bengals are going to be must-see TV with Burrow and Chase. Doesn't mean we're going to actually see the Bengals on TV here in the greater Tri-State region, but that's another story for another day. So they're talking about that, and they talk about the fact that Burrow has Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon. Good and young playmakers. Mentioned that the Bengals need to upgrade a tight end. That this is a group that can grow together and should terrify defensive coordinators. And then you got pro football focus. Gave them a B. Solid B. Talking about Jamar Chase again. Reuniting him with the quarterback, Joe Burrow. Pointing out that Chase dominated 2019 season. So Chase and Burrow looking to kind of get that magic back. How would life have been if I'm Chad Pennington and I'm throwing to Randy Moss back in the day in the NFL? How would life have been? Wouldn't life have been fun? If you're Chad Pennington and you get to throw to Randy Moss and and you're in the pros, life would have been fun, right? This might be something like that. And then they talk about, and again, this is pro football focus saying B, talking about the Bengals attack the offensive line here. That was that was their game plan. Get that offensive line in day two. And then day three got some value. Talking about Cameron Sample. They projected him as a third round pick. So maybe the Bengals got some value there. Now, USA Today also a B. And of course, they're going to talk about Jamar Chase being selected and that that choice over protection for Burrow is going to be probably talked about for years. But they're saying in their breakdown, if Jackson Carmen pans out, it's going to be all right. Joseph Osiah, 
was robbery in the third round, according to them. They said Cam Sample and Deontay Smith were worthy sleeper picks. Even if they were around earlier than expected, they said Tyler Shelvin is a mountain of a man who could be a two-down starter, and they said Trey Hill can absolutely be their starting center sooner than later, and Chris Evans is a viable replacement for Gio Bernard and Wyatt Hubert, solid final pick. And they added, oh, they had the guts to draft the kicker they needed. All around, good marks for the Bengals. That's what's got me worried. I'm not used to this. I am completely not used to all of these, well, let's just say positive grades here. But the Bengals get pretty much A, B grades. Well, I mean, that's fine. I'll take B. I'll take B over C. I'll take B over D. Thankfully, there wasn't any obvious clunkers here. And again, this stuff is all going to pan out over the next months, years. It's going to be something that we're going to be addressing for a long time to come. But hey, there we are. We've got the Bengals draft and the work to have still to be done because, again, they're going to be undrafted free agents that are going to be brought into the mix. Darius Hodge, you're bringing him into the mix And you know I'm going to be rooting for that kid. I'm going to be rooting for all these kids from the Marshall draft. And I'm talking about, of course, Josh Ball actually drafted in the fourth round. And then the undrafted free agents with Brendan Knox with the Cowboys, Devontae Beckett with the Lions, Jalen McClain Sapp with Kansas City, Darius Hodge, of course, with the Bengals. I hope I haven't missed anyone because keeping track of this sometimes can be pretty challenging as these things happen. But again, If I'm Marshall, I'm feeling pretty good right now that you got some young men who are going to be on NFL teams, have the opportunity to play at the next level. Right now, if you if you're a Marshall fan, you gotta feel good. You gotta feel good. You gotta feel good about Josh Ball. You gotta feel good about some of these other pickups. And for me, Darius Hodge is my guy. If he wasn't then, he is now, but he definitely was then. So Darius Hodge is going to be with the Cincinnati Bengals. Hopefully he's able to continue his career there. And you know what, from Coach Huff, I'm feeling good that I had a player drafted, even though these aren't his guys. He comes in after everything is said and done. Everyone's going on to the NFL, but... He's taken over this team. He's got to be feeling good because, okay, now these are his guys. Even though he didn't recruit them, he didn't coach them, these are his guys now because he's trying to trying to be that bridge between generations of fans, trying to be that bridge between generations of players, trying to be that bridge. And if I'm recruiting kids, you know, I'm hoping these kids are successful. I'm hoping Brendan Knox is successful. I'm hoping Josh Ball is successful. I'm hoping all these players are successful Because then I'm using that as a selling point. Of course, I'm not going to tell him how to recruit. Let's just get that out of the way now. I'm not telling him how to recruit. He has a reputation as an incredible recruiter. He does not need my evaluation and my advice. Does not need that from me. But I think this is probably just another arrow that he can shoot. 
you know, look at what we're doing here. Look at what we're trying to build, what we're trying to accomplish. Look at the success we are having. We can make it even more successful with you. Come and be a part of it. And as seasons progress, get some more players announced as NFL draft selections. Fan base feels good because, again, that's that's a piece of it's a piece of pride, really. You're a fan of Marshall. It's a it's a piece of look. You know, this guy that I follow. I followed Josh Ball his college career. You know, now he's playing in the NFL, and look at all these kids that have come to Marshall and now they're playing in the NFL. Well, they're doing something right, or Marshall's doing something right, or Marshall's getting good players, or whatever this case may be. Look at this. So if you're if you're a herd fan, you gotta feel good a little bit about this. And you wish these young men luck. And of course, hopefully you can get that success in basketball. Basketball is a little different beast. It completely is different. So right now we're all living vicariously through Ott Elmore. You know I'm right. We're all living vicariously through Ott Elmore until, you know, Marshall can Build it up enough where some players maybe get some looks in the NBA. Very tough. Right now, though, uh, I'm living for the basketball tournament, and I'm sure you are as well. We'll take our final break and wrap this one up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Thanks for being a part of today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We are here every day, Monday through Friday. And, of course, the only times we're not here is when we're preemptive for sporting events. We've got Pirates baseball coming up on Friday. Hey, that's the most notice I've given you in a while. So we got baseball coming up. And, of course, the Pirates are in action tonight. We've got that action for you. It's going to be a late one. You're staying up for this one. We go on the air in the 9 o'clock hour coming up tonight. Pirates on the West Coast. You want some late-night baseball action? I've got you covered right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And finally tonight, of course, the Girls State Basketball Tournament is over. And I'm predicting already a parade of sorts because I know the mayor of Huntington, he loves parades. And number one seed Huntington beats number two seed Cabell Midland in the inaugural Quad A. Are we calling it Quad A? Are we calling it 4A? What are we calling it? We're calling it a championship because Huntington beats Cabell Midland 58-49 at the Charleston Coliseum. So if I was a betting man, we're going to have a parade of all those nice, expensive fire engines going down the road. And we're just waiting to see if the boys can join them. Huntington High boys are in the state tournament this week as well. Wouldn't that be something if the boys can come down with a championship and you'd have Huntington winning the girls' championship and the boys' championship now, the boys have won the tournament a little bit more frequently since the consolidation. Not so much for the girls, but still always in the mix. That would be nice to see Huntington win both the girls and boys state championships this year. Then we could have a real big parade. So, I don't know. 
I'm going to get a phone call tomorrow from the communications director, Brian Chambers. Again, he doesn't like it when I talk about such things like this. And that's going to do it for this edition of the program. Back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.